Welcome to the Appalachian Spooky Hour Podcast. Those may include depictions of violence, gore, and other horrors meant for adults. Listener discretion is advised. Hey Spookies, welcome back to the Appalachian Spooky Hour Podcast. You're just welcome if you're new to the show. I'm your host, Sam, and we have a special guest with us for this episode. Everyone can welcome MJ Kerr, a fellow author who resides in a different set of mountains all the way out in Vancouver, BC. So um, introduce yourself, please. Hi, I'm MJ or Mandy. And uh, hello, listeners. I'm very excited to be here today to talk spooky things. All right. So in this episode, in honor of Halloween and spooky season in general, we're going to talk about cryptids in Appalachia. And there are so many stories of strange and unusual creatures residing in the hills and hollers. Some of them we've even covered previously on the show. If you would remember the Moon-Eyed People from two episodes back, um, some consider them to be crypto-humans, but we're not here to talk about them. Um, Instead, we're going to cover some other stories from the Appalachian region, some you may be familiar with, and some probably not so much. We'll start the show off with one of the most well-known creatures of the region, who's also prominent throughout most of the world in one way or the other. And, you know, of course, I'm talking about Bigfoot. And um, just briefly here, I want to give a little shout out to Sky, who is the biggest Bigfoot fan that I know. Loves Bigfoot. She went to the Bigfoot Festival. So, Sky, this little bit, is for you because I know that you love Bigfoot um, and Mandy. I know that these stories are also very prevalent in the area you're from. Um, seeing as I was just out there and I saw a lot of Bigfoot stuff around. Yeah. So first and foremost, are you a believer? Because I have to know. Um, yeah, the story of Bigfoot, or in my neck of the woods, we we call it Sasquatch. Um, that that's the term we tend to use a lot in the Pacific Northwest. Um. It, the stories are too commonplace for me not to believe that there's some truth to it. There's too many people who have thought to have seen it, um, pictures. We even have a town here um, called Harrison Hot Springs um, that if you go to it, proclaims itself to be the Bigfoot capital of the world. And, and there's a whole museum with what they believe to be actual evidence, footprints, all sorts of things. I've never been in the museum myself, but um, there's so much here dedicated to it um, that spans like you know from my coast to your coast um, north to south I I just can't I, it doesn't make sense for it not to have been at least seen once or twice um, especially when you also consider that there's similar creatures like the Yeti in the Himalayas um, and similar creatures have been reported to be seen in South America too much of a coincidence for me personally um, I, I definitely believe Bigfoot's possible. Um, so let me just add in here that we also have something called the Raven Mocker, which, according to Cherokee legend, is a shape-shifting Bigfoot that stands seven feet tall with black fur and solid white eyes. They're primarily apparently found in southwest Virginia, and they can shift into any animal and can even take on the appearance of an old man or woman. Um, One site I found online said, and I quote, In its human form, the raven mocker can lurk among unsuspecting people and eat their hearts from their chest without ever leaving a mark. Y'all got any of them up in the Rockies? No, that's terrifying. Um, 
if we had something like that up here, I've never heard of it. There are no stories about Sasquatch eating people's hearts or shape-shifting. Um, that would make Sasquatch 10 times more terrifying. But no, that is definitely not a story that exists here. Thank goodness. Um, some people consider Appalachia to be a haven for Bigfoot, as the old dense mountain forest would be a pretty suitable place to hide. Um, they've been spotted everywhere from West Virginia to Kentucky and Virginia to Tennessee. Most folks have a story or know someone who does to the point that it's just like, okay, I'm not even going to play around. This is one I don't buy into or believe in personally. <laughs> I, I just can't. Um, maybe I saw Harry and the Hendersons too many times as a kid, or maybe it's the fact that there are entire reality television shows dedicated to grown men chasing after these things, but I I'm out on Bigfoot. <laughs> um, that's, <laughs> I just can't. <laughs> that's fair <laughs> it's it, it just a personal thing like i can get how there can be things out there that are unknown or strange and unusual but like you're you're telling me nobody could have got a clear picture of one of these things by now true i'll give um, you that true okay. but um one creature that i could buy into is the wampus beast otherwise known as the cherokee death cat Okay, so I know these have shown up in other parts of the United States, including Texas. But notably, it's been spotted in and around the woods of Pleasance County, West Virginia. It's described as a large black feline-like creature that is four times the size of a male mountain lion and weighs 500 to 600 pounds with massive paws. Um, these creatures are predators who produce a strong odor like a cross between a wet dog and a skunk which is terrifying because you know what if all those times you thought you smelled a skunk and it was like yeah. this thing called a death cat oh goodness um supposedly these creatures show up several times in Cherokee mythology I feel like a lot of things in Appalachia show up in Cherokee mythology um but in one tale I found the wampus cat is known as the Ewa which is a Cherokee woman who didn't trust her husband. And this woman's husband went out to hunt with his fellow warriors. And suspicious, she put on a mountain lion coat and went to spy on him. And when she was found out, the medicine man of the tribe punished her by forcing her to wear the skin forever, transferring her spirit or transforming her spirit into the wampus cat. And there's other stories, but that is the one that stood out to me because it's cryptid who's living beneath a curse and is being forced into this haunting horrible creature all because she thought her husband was being unfaithful yeah i i've heard of the, this not that particular story which is honestly kind of sad and terrifying at the same time um i've heard of the wampus cat um i didn't know much about it or that origin story but i, I can kind of almost weirdly see the possibility of how that exists being I've visited that area before um and how untamed the areas of Appalachia still are like I could see this I don't know about 500 600 pound cat um but how there could be something that exists um we don't have an equivalent kind of story up here but there's always been you know myths and legends of particularly massive bestial grizzlies or cougars um 
that to me sounds personally terrifying because of the curse aspect of it but i could see some a cat like that existing just because there's areas there i know that just feel so untouched that they could hide in areas of appalachia and what's funny about the wampus cat or the cherokee death cat whatever you want to call it i feel like so many people maybe not so much in our generation but like my parents generation have some sort of story about a large cat or a cat-like creature or what they would just call a panther you know even my dad has a story from back when he was young and you know there was something here in the area and they would hear it it would sound like you know you hear people talking about how panthers and some of these wildcats sound like a woman screaming when they yell yes and that kind of thing and it like would stalk people and you know they were hunting and it jumped on the roof of the hunting cabin they were in and then it just left one day and like even today you'll get a lot of places here in eastern kentucky that i know of where people will see these large mountain lions cougars panthers whatever you want to call them on trail cameras and the department of fish and wildlife and these people will tell you they don't exist here so it kind of makes you wonder are you seeing a natural creature or is it something unnatural that shouldn't be here? It, well, exactly. Yeah. Cause their range of, you know, of mountain lions and these mountain cats, I know technically don't go that far South anymore. Um, but trail cams are a thing that technology has caught images of animals like that. So that's why I, I give that one a maybe I'm not, I don't know about the curse aspect of it, but I'm not going to say it doesn't exist. So another interesting one, from this region is this creature called the smoke wolf and i had personally not heard of this until you know i was looking more into cryptids that even i didn't know know of and it's supposedly a huge canine creature with eyes as red as the sun and according to a witness who i could find no information about one way or another including a name they heard smoke wolves howling and screaming at night all over his property And he went on to describe them as pure evil and creatures that killed us for fun. Um, According to lore, they can be deadered by the sound of rattling chains. And perhaps that comes from an innate fear that most wild animals have of being contained. But um, um, don't confuse the smoke wolf with the Grimm. A Grimm is a spectral black dog with red eyes that protects a graveyard or cemetery. Specifically, Appalachian legend dictates that early settlers of the region believed that burying the family dog in the cemetery meant that its spirit would morph into a grim. They would then take over the duties of protecting those buried within the grounds. So, of course, stories of the grim transversed many cultures and religions. I'm sure you've heard of them before. They're, I mean, they showed up in Harry Potter. Like, that's how prominent they are just as a story that passes you know it, it transcends everybody's or most everybody's heard of grim and i know in some places they're omens of death um but here they're just protecting their family um right like thoughts like yeah smoke wolf grim thoughts <laughs> um okay well just like i've never heard of a, a smoke wolf or like a, that particular way of saying it I, i've never heard of that before Uh, But but I've definitely heard of Grimm's. Um, Harry Potter aside, uh, I I had just heard of that from reading uh, mythology. Um, I know my Nana kind of believed in Grimm's. It was very offhanded. She was was born in in England. 
Um, but she had made weird offhanded comments actually when I was little about um, a grim. Um, so she must have brought that over with her from, from England. Um, so there does seem to be a theme though about black and mysterious massive, you know, dogs, whether they be good or evil, um, do crop up in a, in a lot of cultures. Um, I know of another one called the, I think it's, I don't know how to pronounce it, is Barguest um, that comes from England as well um so i i the fact that that also transcends a lot of cultures a lot of countries i always felt that there was maybe not that i believe in it but uh that there's some sort of credence to it because they all seem to be connected as a death omen or some sort of protector animal of surrounding death um i always found that very interesting that that crops up in a lot of cultures and it's become quite well known thanks to um harry potter yeah i like to uh like to think my dog will look after me in death but in reality probably not (laughs) there's so many other creatures we could talk about including one from wolf county kentucky that is hilariously just called the wolfman um it's really just your run of the mill werewolf nothing to see there um no i figured we'd talk about now the biggie the one everybody knows about that everybody always asks about anyway the mothman uh yes okay i've heard of mothman is mothman's not a local thing for sure up here but uh i think mothman is now an international thing i i I do know where we're going with this yeah um so mothman is a humanoid creature reportedly seen in the point pleasant area of west virginia from november 15th 1966 to December 15th, 1967. He was reported as being seen prior to the collapse of the Silver Bridge, which at the time spanned the Ohio River, and then the story just took off. Um, he's described as a seven to eight feet tall creature with bat-like wings that sports a 10-foot wingspan. It also supposedly nests in local caves, and to this day, supposedly tends to appear before some sort of catastrophe or disaster takes place the story really gained traction with paranormal groups and then took off in 1975 when john keel wrote his famous book the mothman prophecies so many people in point pleasant claim to have seen the mothman especially that year from 66 to 67 and it still crazily enough has traction even today yeah, I personally never, I, I'm going to have to go the way you did with Bigfoot. I, I never believed in the Mothman. Um, but I get why it still exists. I get why it still has all this traction. Because enough people feel they saw it and shared this unique experience. Um, that they just, you know, how epic is that to them like it just it sounds like it's real all these people thought kind of in the same span of time you know huge human massive wings red eye or humanoid i should say um and then you know people supposedly kept spotting it so i I can see why this would take some take hold for the people here's a here's a good one for you the first newspaper report about the mothman was in point pleasant registers november 16th 1966 issue so that would be the day after you know the first sighting the story was titled couple see man-sized bird creature 
something. <laughs> and after that, it was picked up by national press and spread like wildfire. And it's amazing how people were spreading these tales and legends even before it became so much more accessible and easy to do so. The internet has certainly helped feed stories of cryptids and creatures and move them along, you know, even in our modern world. But, like, back then it was you know, newspapers and word of mouth. Right. Um, and I, I totally agree that that's crazy how that story spread when, you know, it wouldn't have been up on Reddit, you know, like that night and there wouldn't be a cell phone camera footage of it. Um, if it wasn't for the internet and modern technology, chances are I wouldn't know who we were talking about. Um, I never would have heard of Mothman if it wasn't for conversing with people, you know, reading stuff and, in, in, you know, modern technology. Uh, same as, you know, I might not have heard of the Chupacabra because that's also a regional thing. It's the world's become so much smaller and we can share those stories so much easier. So suddenly Mothman from West Virginia is being talked about by people around the world. And that's crazy, which makes it even crazier that that story took hold at that time when it would have been so much harder to spread it. Well, Mothman was also helped along, you know, by the book. And then the book was made into a movie um, a few years after that. Um, right. But, you know... I don't know, it's just wild to think about. And, like, you can go online now and just see all these different people talking about these things they saw or thought they saw or things they perceived to be something else, you know. It, well, you know how it is on the internet. You see, like, you go on Reddit and you see all these videos and you have to take it with a grain of salt because anybody can edit anything these days. Right. Um, and that's that's what's so interesting is even just the other day there's a cryptid up here called the Ogopogo it's related in theory to, to Nessie over in Scotland a picture was posted um, on the internet I think it was a week ago of what they thought might have been the Ogopogo's head cresting out of the water been debunked they're pretty sure they that it, it was actually a bird diving under the surface of the water but that picture was on the internet instantly and it was being looked at within hours of the person seeing it. And that to me is crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah, it's, it's wild. And like, um, I swear to you, once upon a time, I saw a werewolf. <laughs> I will take that to my grave. I, you've said that and I I think that's wild, but you, you believe it and I believe you. Well, I, you know, it came out of like a creek bottom and it was walking on two legs and had fur. But... I just learned a few days ago that they think that some coyotes have a reactionary response to fear by standing on their back legs and becoming bipedal. Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that's true. I need to look into it more. But now I'm just like, maybe I just saw a coyote. Maybe you saw a really scared coyote. <laughs> <laughs> Anything's possible in Appalachia. Truth. But Truth. out of everything we've talked about, I definitely think I can get behind the wampus cat. And I do believe in the Grimm in some form or another. I'm on the fence about the Mothman. I think that could be a case of people just wanting to see and believe so badly that they did. Yeah. But strange things happen all the time. You and I can both attest to that one. Especially in these rural places where even the air feels different. You know, the, the vibe. I wouldn't say anything's impossible. Yeah. Until I prove it impossible. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I've 
you know, traveled now extensively and spent a lot of time in Appalachia, but very specifically Eastern Kentucky. Um, I come from, you know, the BC coast, the coastal mountains, the Canadian Rockies. There's just something in the air in Eastern Kentucky. I've mentioned it to people before when, you know, when I come home from traveling that it just feels older and wiser and closer there that and it's just there's an energy there that I don't feel anywhere else when I'm in Appalachia I, I've even just said as corny as I sound it just feels magical um and sometimes like when I'm there you know and I'm I'm in the haulers I I feel like they're staring back at me or something staring back at me if that makes any sense that there's just an old power that just doesn't exist anywhere else I've been, even not just BC, just in North America in general, I haven't gotten to travel the world, but just in my experience, the places I've been, there is Appalachia is unique. Uh, It's so unique. Now saying that, I don't know if I believe fully in the Wampus Cat or the Mothman, but I firmly do believe there are unexplained things in those hills and those hollers. There's something there because you just feel it in your bones and on your skin. And it, it, it hasn't left me even when I leave Appalachia. And, you know, like, I'm probably going to get some hate for saying that Bigfoot's not real. But <laughs> I, I just, oh, I, man. Can't, I can't. And like, I just, why are the pictures always grainy? Like, it's somebody. true. I mean, you would think, you would think in this day and age, we'd catch them on a trail cam. I know but um, he's probably just a really big mean grizzly bear but uh yeah (laughs) and you know there's there's all the classics like you know the werewolf and and these creatures and yes i don't know about that and then you know like the crypto humans like like the moon-eyed people and you know i do believe there was nothing crypto about them um could they have been a strange race of people of sure we don't know every different kind of being that inhabited the earth but um i just i can't can't accept anything that has a reality tv show that's when you put it like that yeah i'll give you that (laughs) like bigfoot's about as real as kim kardashian all right (laughs) (laughs) i think we're nearing the end of our time here tonight so i just want to say a big thank you to everyone who's listened to season one of the appalachian spooky hour i'll probably be back in december for some kind of holiday themed episode and then season two will premiere after the first of the year. I'm not sure quite yet on a date, but I have all the episodes set. I'm excited to bring more Appalachian lore and legend to everybody. I hope that you'll all join me for season two. Um, Mandy, any last words about cryptids, Appalachia, anything? Uh, I love Appalachia. I can't wait to visit again. And happy Halloween, everyone. And uh, Mandy will probably be back for a special episode of season two about Waverly Hills. Ah, uh, yes, yes, uh, I would, yes, I would love to come back for that. So we're gonna we're gonna have the Waverly episode. But um, that said, Spookies, what cryptids do you believe in? Do you have one that we didn't mention? We'd love to hear from you in the comments about anything to do with the show, your favorite lore, your favorite legend, what you might like to see us talk about. Appalachia is not just the South. Appalachia spreads from the south all the way up through Pennsylvania. You know, we're it's a big territory. We have a lot of places, a lot of ground to cover. So um, we'd love to have your opinions and your thoughts. But happy Halloween, Spookies, and we'll see you soon. <laughs>